Normans and Saxons. Stop the tedious writing of records and documenting of events. Lament with Petrarch the fall of the classical golden age. And pay no attention to the Byzantine Empire behind the Mediterranean. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Thought I had something. I didn't. <sighs> I don't often get to see your brain glitch. That oh, it broke. Trick. It broke. Yeah. Yeah. Got scared. Quick reboot. Panicked. Welcome back. I am Omen Sane. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Told to Me. Tiki just fell off the desk. <laughs> An archaeological dig in the progressive layer of historical rock and roll, in which Nymphaeum Nick and Octostyle Omen will run our little brushes over the ruins of every single track that unrelenting prog rock band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will uncover the mountain retreat to which the nobles fled from the D. Palmer plague. We will unbury the Roman bath where legend has it John Evan cleaned himself off that one time. <laughs> and perhaps we will even bring to light some long-forgotten curry-stained manuscript where the sage hand of Ian Anderson penned the seeds of rock and roll enlightenment. Like, like Petrarch. No, like Boccaccio. No, no. Let me. I, I want to be Boccaccio this time. You were. You were Petrarch. I. You. You've been. You've been Boccaccio last time. It's much more fun. Is it out of your system? I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I just. I just like saying Boccaccio. It's good. It's good. I. Uh, I used to play Boccaccio in college. Until you lost all that money playing it. Oh man, I uh, I had to start dancing to pay for college after that. Yeah, Nick. Yes, Omen. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are, barely. Here we are <laughs> on another episode, another week, talking tall for the for the benefit of all. That's right, and mostly for our own amusement. So, anything before we dive into the 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 very chunky long song that we have today we are just cresting the apex of side a we are coming down the hill we are we are the end is in sight for side a but before we get into the track of the day i do want to talk a little bit about the tour for stormwatch <gasps> the stormwatch tour the stormwatch tour Ooh, nick yeah. laid on me so as we we knew, Dave Pegg from Fairport Convention had had come on to be the bassist. Yes, he was in for the official tour. Barrymore Barlow suggested him because Fairport had just disbanded. However, I did see in some some notes that Tony Williams played the bass on the U.S. tour on a thirty eight date huh. U.S. tour. So he maybe maybe that was pre Andy post. I'm not sure. Uh, what the situation was there. Maybe Andy was hired just for the European dates at that time. It's interesting. So it was really kind of a really kind of a period of of switching switching between bassists. Trying to figure out what to do, really. I mean, I'm sure they were pretty scrambling yeah. at that point. I would imagine so. I mean, and you know, even even as Glasscock's health problems were becoming evident, mm-hmm. I'm sure that the last thing anyone wanted to do was for him to stop playing right. with the band because he was so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and they've been. I mean, they've been playing together for what five, six years now. Like they were probably pretty yeah. darn close. Yeah, I I mean, I know that Ian has also sort of implied that the darkness in the album was partly a result of tensions that were brewing in the band. Yeah. So, but who knows? But it also could be the 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 darkness could have been brought on by the fact that everybody knew like this was not sustainable in in many ways yeah. health-wise relationship-wise all sorts of things. Yeah. But to go back to the tour, this was the tour with that absurd ship set design that we've seen every now and then. That oh. that I've heard some of our some of our Patreon listeners have said, I was it was it John? Was it an Anglo correspondent said he saw this? One of you guys, at least one of you said that you saw this tour. And this was here along with the the set design, the absurd pageantry yeah. of the set design. They all had specific costumes that they wore d- during this tour in 79. Okay. So Ian wore a leather medieval doublet and a blue tam shanter which I think is a, a, is that a I hat? think it's a hat. Yeah. yeah. Martin wore a striped granddad shirt, a flat cap and a neckerchief. <laughs> Dee's outfit all that I saw was a quote from her saying, "My sort of viking outfit." Okay. <laughs> Barry wore sported blue shorts, a singlet and a leather flying helmet, obviously. <laughs> yep, yep. Dave Pegg wore a smock and a deerstalker hat. And John Evans wore his customary baggy white Harpo Marx suit, variously feathered shoulder pads or military sash and epaulets. Yes. So it's sort of like it's sort of like they clothed themselves in the aftermath of a regional theater costume department, which exploded. Exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. In addition, this this was the tour where at Madison Square Garden, a fan rushed the stage and thrust some roses up to Ian, who was at the like the lip of the stage. He got a, yeah. a rose in the eye. A rose. Oh, yeah. My God. He says it was the worst pain in his life, but he finished the show. <laughs> and he spent a week wearing protective contacts and glasses while it healed. But they only postponed the following day show. They never canceled it. Talk about a gift of roses. And I think, yeah, right. Maybe that's what it was inspired by. And I think there are a couple of shots, a couple of photos from this era where he's wearing these big, like, they almost look like construction eyeglasses or something. Yeah, he, I kind of vaguely remember that's, that. That's why he was wearing protective eye gear. Apparently, it was just a bonkers tour because Dave Pegg says that he saw a dart land in the back of the Hammond organ during <laughs> during that that show. What in the heck? He never saw where it came from. He said it could be quite scary. All sorts of stuff was thrown up on stage. Wow, rowdy time. <sighs> Insane. So bonkers. Yeah. I mean, anything in the eye is going to hurt. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been hit in the eye. I've I've bumped myself in the eye with a pillow and I'm just out down for the count for like 5 minutes. It's it's unpleasant. Well, yeah. well, and also if you're sweating and and oh my gosh, you know, in yeah. front of all those people, yeah, he he makes the pain worse. True, Ian. He worked right through it. So that's it. That's all I have for the tour. But for the song itself today that we're talking about, Dark Ages. So this yes. one was recorded in multiple sections on June fourth in seventy nine. Obviously, I mean it's a nine minute song, so I would not yeah, be made, surprised. That, that really yeah, Ian thinks this song is brilliant. 
to to it's it's always so interesting hearing which ones he likes. I know, and right? Uh, to quote him, a rather doom laden reference to dark ages to come. While musically, it has a full on rapid fire approach. Well, and Correct. that's our show. That's usually what we do. Thanks, but we've Anne. had it from the mouth of him himself. Yep. So uh, see you next week. That's it. We'll uh, we'll see. We'll be back next week to finish the album. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I'm loving these tidbits, Nick. I know. I found a. I I don't know what resource that was. You're like a pinata that you think all the candy is out of, but then you shake it a little bit more, and more tasty bits come out. It wasn't the Ballad of Jethro Tull. It was one of the books that I had. Maybe it was the magazine. You know, it might have been the Prague magazine that was that was oh, Jethro Tull specific. Yeah, a lot of good, lot of good tidbits in that. Yeah, I am. I am a candy. I but I'm filled with like, like saltwater taffy and candy corn, toothbrushes, and toothbrushes, <laughs> toothbrushes and the miniature worst. toothpastes. <laughs> the worst pinata. Yeah, ever. the pinata was shaped like a tooth. You should have known. You should have known. <laughs> Shall we dive into Dark Ages, Nick? Yes. Don't try to hold your breath on this one. Come up for air if you need to. It's it's okay. it's a long end. Good to good to remember. Wow. I have no memory of the last nine minutes. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that song. There is there is so much going on in Dark Ages. But before we get into it. Yeah. I think I know what your answer is going to be. I know what my answer is to this question. I think I know what your question is. I want you to tell me what my question is. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to call my bluff. <laughs> I think your question is going to be, where does this song rank for me in this album? Oh, no, I wasn't going to ask you that. But okay. since you brought it up. What was your question? Do you, do you have an answer to, the, your, to your question first? No, I do not. <laughs> is this song too long? Um, you know, whenever, whenever I encounter that kind of a question about anything, is it too this or that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that my question is, for what? Fair enough. Too long for Does what? it overstay its welcome? No, I, it doesn't for me. I think that, you know, I also think that this is a song that really would thrive in the tour context. Oh my gosh, I would love to see this song live. Holy cow. And I think that in that context, you know, in the right live venue, nine minutes might might be not quite long enough. I think it would be transcendent in in 79 yes. with that that freaking cast. Even with with Peggy being in place of of John Glasscock like whew, my goodness. Oh yeah. Well, I mean and and this isn't on the recording. This isn't Glasscock. This is Ian. Correct. Yeah, this is this is Ian, right. So presumably, you know, if it was David Pegg then the the bass would be even better. Than what yeah, we have here. Yeah, valid, valid. That's true. Not that the bass is bad. I want to come back to yeah. that. Let's put a let's, let's put a peg in that. For yeah. Later. For the record, I also don't think this song is too long. I I I think it's I think it's. I this is one of those few where where I do not think it drags on. You know when it when especially because the fact normally my biggest complaint about a long song is when they 
when Ian repeats the first verse, you know, or something like that, it's sure it's, he does it. It's they the way he pulls it off, and this is perfect. I do think there's a certain audacity with, you know, there is a place later on in the song where it could easily end there, and I thought yes. it was going to. Yep. You know, it, it's not really a false ending, but it sort of it feels like it's resolving, and then it goes back into dark ages one more yeah. time, and it's like, but rather than coming across to me at least as okay yeah you're gonna sing the chorus one yeah. more time it's sort of like oh my god it's over oh no yeah. it's coming back for more this this needs to happen it is an, an inevitability dark ages is going to be sung one more time with just when you thought there wasn't enough power in the band everybody comes in on overdrive and it's just yeah it's just a mind-blowing experience let's talk about the construction of this song i mean like let's dive in musically Real quick, since we talked about it, do you want to know how many times this was played live? Oh, yes, I do. I do want to know that, Nick. Tell me. So this... Give me the information. Look, I will. I will. Shut up and tell I me. I will. Shut up, sit down, close your mouth, and then tell me. <laughs> so it was only played live 38 times by Tull. 25 times in 79, 13 in 80. And that's it. And then twice by Ian in 2020. Interesting. So really yeah. it was it was of that era. It was very much for that tour and not much not much after that. I, I feel like of all of the songs off of Stormwatch that would utilize the great big ship set design, this right. feels like yeah, it would totally. be it, you know. I also can imagine, I you know, I wonder if this is a a trend for songs of this period. I can imagine Although I remember when we saw them in concert, I think they played Dung Ringill. Oh, probably, yeah. I can imagine, you know, if this was a tough time with feelings and, you know, losing Glasscock, mm. that you wouldn't necessarily want to revisit the period. So you think it's it's akin to benefit, our theory ab- around benefit? It could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, I get it. I mean, who who knows? Right. There are those one or two where you can get away with playing a, a nice, quiet, softer piece. Because cause a lot like, I'm, I'm realizing, a lot like Aqualung, there's, there's a lot of mellow in this album, too. And like Aqualung, it is contrasted with big set pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, look at Dung Ringgill or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a song that you could really adapt and do in a bunch of different styles. I think that one of the times we saw them, they were doing half the concert was unplugged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, unplugged. It was like the yeah. acoustic set. Yeah, I do remember. And that. I think they did Dung Dung Ringgill in that set, and it and it worked super well. Oh my course, gosh, because, it's, it you know, would translate perfectly. Yeah, but this song would not. I. I wonder I wonder about a coffee house version of this song just like I think that would be super boring. It would, oh, it certainly would wouldn't be 9 that. minutes. It would not be 9 minutes long. You would definitely chop a bunch of it, but but I think but this yeah. is the kind of song that either you have to play it full out with everything with the oh, ship with absolutely. the fireworks pageantry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you don't do it. Yeah. It needs that level of energy in order to live and if you have anything below that, it just is buff bathos. It's not a word that I, I'm aware of. It, it would it get stagnant. It would get stagnant, I think. Yeah, it would, it would be ridiculous. It'd be like it'd be like a half-inflated bouncy castle. Yeah, it would be performance art, you know, to, 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 to a level of absurdity that it could only be pulled off as, as performance art. 
which if there's one thing that I hate more than art, it's performance. <laughs> art. Art. <laughs> it's performance art. So I agree with Ian. This song is brilliant. I agree with you that this song is brilliant. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know that I agree with Ian. <laughs> it's difficult to agree with Ian. But I'll agree with you. He's not apologized for those things he said to you, but... <laughs> it's what he didn't say to <laughs> I I love listening to this song because it seems like a return to the really big... I mean, it's it's almost taking me back to Too Old, mm. you know, where you have these really intricately composed mm-hmm. pieces. Mm-hmm. It's got... It's bringing... It's, it's putting the... It's putting the OG back in Prague. Yeah, the of all the pieces off of Stormwatch, this is the one that it has the most pageantry. That's the most production that 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 smacks oh, of yeah. a production. You know, yeah. It, well, and it's absolutely. so. I mean, it's it's hard to listen to the song without imagining all of the performance elements. Oh my gosh, those guys are so busy in this song. It is just bananas. Yeah. Everyone is is crazy busy. Do you want to get in let, get into some uh, musical de- let's peel, details? Yeah, let's peel those bananas. So we start out with that super eerie like feedback sound. I don't know if it's like if it's the guitar just kind of ringing away, or if it's like a feedback from a, an amp or something. But it comes in with that like. I think that's the organ. I think that the is it really utilized to create that effect. Yeah. Wow. And and I think very very low. There are voices in the background too. It's not our weather guy. He's he comes back in Dunringill, but I oh, feel like there's like some chatter or something. I feel this this song is haunted. I feel like yes. there's a, a presence or or multiple presences in this song. Yeah. So you hear voices speaking in this I, song? I think early on. May, maybe it's that maybe that that sting, that kind of echo in is just hitting the right note in my mind and it's making me hallucinate. Could be. Could but be I that. feel like in that 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 startup there there are voices. I don't know. Interesting. I can't, I can't speak more to, to it. I'll have to listen to that more carefully next time. Yeah. So then we get we get Martin coming in with some serious stings. I mean, you can just imagine how well the lights could be yeah. arranged to that. Yeah, this is like a this is a lighting designer's wet dream. Absolutely, throw on the fog machines and then and then hit spot three, and you're, you're golden. Don't throw on the fog machines. It hurts Ian's no more. lungs. And then what really gives it the ghostly quality is that kind of like reverse fade of Ian's voice yeah. coming in. That is, yeah. that's a super common sound trick now in like ghost movies when someone's speaking from the other realm or something. It's yeah, that that's weird right. like fade in. I would love to know how that's done. If anyone can tell me, I've never been able to figure out how that's actually done. Darlings, are you ready? It's just an effect. I think that you can't do it live. Probably unless, not. No, unless you delayed it enough to for the 
to create that kind of reverse feedback. Yeah. But in a, if it's recorded, you can then put it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a filter of some kind, a post-production. Yes. Yes. yes yeah, it's a posty. Then, Omen, what comes next? Nick. What comes next? Uh, D's strings? No. It makes me think of L. It's a story you told us about L. Oh, the Vibra Slap. The Vibra Slap comes in. Oh, my God. The variety of percussion on this song. We got bells. We got shakers. We got various various sizes and timbres of cymbals. Barry's all over the place on this. Yes, yes. It's very theatrical. I mean, I think that's. I think we're going to keep coming back to that a lot, yeah. but it's a very theatrically designed piece. I, oh, I really do want to look up to see if there's any video of this tour now that I think about it. There must be. I wonder if we can find Probably somewhere. Find this song being played because I I can see it happening. Not and it's not the the synesthesia of like a scene in my head of 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 this makes me think of this no, thing. No, I think it's because you know the individual elements well enough and their and their performance styles that you can literally kind of piece together like a telkiologist as it were. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to do a quick search for it. Yeah. We we pick up the pieces and put them together and like a lot of a lot of dinosaur skeletons it's probably not the right way but it looks pretty damn cool. <laughs> uh, Dark Ages Around the World Live. Well, there's his blue hat. The Tamashanter. There's the there's the blue tamashanter and and his leather medieval doublet. He's got a tambourine hung on his mic stand, and he's doing his classic pull back like a crazy person from the mic and then dive at yep, it. Yep. It seems like there's not a lot of flashing lights going. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, he's doing some very interesting dance moves. Ooh. There he goes with the tambourine. He does look a bit possessed. The drum kit is huge. Sure, sure. There's a lot of red being used in the lights. Interesting. Let me send you this video. Yeah, please for, do. For your, please for do. For your fun. For my fun times. So after we get the, some more samplings of the drums in kind of off beats and down beats, and it, it on top of everything else, it, it brings you into further into the feeling of, of a slight discomfort. Ever, he's he's yes. really he's hitting those kind of off notes so you're not ever feeling that you're slipping into the groove you know yes it's unsettling it very much is then we get piano piano comes in ian comes strolling in with the bass Are the long wind is the keyboard swaps over to organ at about 130 and the thickest hands are praying. I want to talk about Ian's bass. Please. Because we've been, you know, we've been a little bit, perhaps we've been unkind or unnecessarily harsh regarding Ian's bass playing abilities in the past because we've been comparing him to Glasscock. True. You know, we've just, you know, said that it's not as evolved. Exactly. And playing devil's advocate, Ian himself has said that he in no way meets that level of skill you know but that's right that being said it's 
It's not rudimentary. To play Beelzebub's bailiff, I want to <laughs> say that this is some not half bad bass playing. It's really good bass. Yeah. And some of it, he really even does those walk, those kind of like mm-hmm. bits. If I didn't know it was Ian, I would say that it was Jeffrey. If I didn't know anything about like time <laughs> yeah. periods, I, w- I would say that it was Jeffrey. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> After the vicar stands praying, the tempo increases because the whole mm-hmm. that whole intro of the song is done almost in a almost in kind of a cadenza ish, not really marked out time signature mm, or or mm. tempo yeah it's it's kind of um i don't want to say sweepy because i i reserve that for for d's strings but there's a there's yes. a flow there you know there's a kind of an ebb and flow it's almost like waves you can't you can't set time to waves you shouldn't otherwise you'll be very late you shouldn't yeah also string strings come in right around there too And then after the vicar starts praying, we have the the tempo come in really, dum, 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 and it and it really goes off from there. So it really, it I mean, again, the construction is amazing because it, it sets up this kind of timeless, unnerving landscape, and then tsh, it drops you into it. Yeah, I think that that transition you're talking about around like 2.30, about two and a half, when the bass and the guitar, like, it's like, it's like they flip a switch. It's like, oh, and then, and then Ian's got some flute in there and Barry dances across the toms. was an, an an episode in the heavy horses bonus tracks that was a first take cutting room floor where the transitions were so rough was it horse hoeing husbandry right i think it was horse hoeing uh, yes, husbandry yes yes that yes, transition yes. in this is rough it's like it's i mean i can see what they're talking about doing it in takes yeah, I think as you said, that's that they recorded it in different sections. And I suspect that's the change between t- some sections. Oh, it most certainly is. It's got to be. Yeah. After the the ups and downs and the sweeps and and this and that, at about seven, that's when we get back into that transition of slow, where, for lack of a better term, it could have stopped. You know, it's 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 one of yeah. those where where the the rest is just bonus content. There are. Some crazy vocal layers in there. And I don't know yeah, if are. it's just Ian on five tracks or if they he had the guys jump in. I don't think anyone else is credited for vocals. No, I think it's I, I think it's probably him doubling up. There's some other vocal things happening in this track that are 
noteworthy. Yeah. I think this is the highest that we have ever heard Ian mm, sing. Interesting. Okay. Is this... No, it's still a little early. You know what? It's going to get higher on the next album because that's A, and that's when he blows out his voice. Right. Yeah. So Dark Ages, Shaking the Dead, Closed Pages, Better Not Red, Dull Rages, They'll Burn in Your Head. Yeah. He really, yeah, he rock and roll pushes it. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it really it sounds is. awesome. I love it. Yeah, his voice in this, and then those layers and the and the the echoes, the pre echoes, those kind of indistinct chatters. Like this song is this song, Omen. Omen, am I am I going to say this? Is this song a masterpiece? <laughs> it, ooh, we haven't. I I think the the only other time we said it was Heavy Horses. I mean, it's very good. It's very, I think that very we will good. have to listen to the rest of the album before we can decide. But yeah. it is it is certainly one of the oeuvres, I would say. It makes me do that. It makes me do do one of those. It makes you oeuvre. It makes me oeuvre. <laughs> it makes you oeuvre late. There are, I also want to point out there there are just a couple of other musical things that I kinda of wanna mention. One are those two awesome breakdowns in which we have Martin Ugh letting go in a way that we haven't heard a lot recently. There's no way his guitar did not catch on fire at least once per session of this song. Like he is yeah. Oh, yeah. he is ripping in this song. I have a feeling that our resident minstrel likes this song for that reason. I bet you Joe really likes this song. I think everyone likes this song. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. In the beginning of the first breakdown, what we have mm. introduced that first breakdown is Ian killing some eighth notes on the bass oh yeah and i think that is that that's part of the place where you said there's a little bit of a, a weird transition yeah and it's almost like he takes a second to get into that rhythm but once he gets it he holds on to it yeah and it's incredible what we're accustomed to leading up until this point musically just it's like they splice the two tapes together we get and then like yeah. ian is is walking along on the bass very well yeah the other big musical moment that i want to point out mm -hmm. and this i think will maybe transition us slightly into themes okay but i think it's the second to the last dark ages chorus i think i know what you're talking about go on where everything pulls back and we have strings mm -hmm. you know we we were going from this super hard super like rocking stuff yeah and then it pulls back to the dark ages chorus and you have the strings you have maybe a little organ, just very lightly. There's some kind of tiny little flute stuff going on, almost like some pipes. It's a weird tinkly organ. Yeah, it's we haven't heard yeah. it up until this point, but it's it's got this. I, I'm going to keep using this word. I think it's got this eerie sound to it, and yes, it almost yes. smacks of like a medieval feel, which I mean it fits does. perfectly. Yeah, but it it's clearly like si keyboard synthesizer medieval feel. Darlings, are you ready for the long winter's fall? Set the lady in a parlor 
If it wasn't so haunting, it would be cheesy. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not. It's uh, it's fire. It's haunting enough to be forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the effect is that it it allows you to, uh, again, it's like it's in zooming and pulling back the camera where it's like you're yeah. in it, you're in it, you're in it. And then you come away and you, for a minute, you see the beauty within all this darkness and chaos. And then it drops you right back into it. Yeah. So it just... He's such a master of of providing contrast. Yes. Like, yeah. I love ACDC. I think ACDC is amazing. But once an ACDC song gets going, it pretty much just plows through to the end. Yeah. You don't have, like, a moment of introspection. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Speaking of plowing and moments of introspection, whatever, this song, it's not, it's not sweeping. It doesn't barrel forward out of control you know you're you're still moving with it okay but it's it's not like you're swept away on a on a torrential river like some of the other like really rocking songs yeah that we've had before but that's not to say that it's sluggish it's it's very controlled and very perfectly it's perfectly coordinated it's less like you're being swept away by a river and more like you've been caught up in the talons of some kind of giant prehistoric flying bird. Yeah. Yeah. A rock and has picked you up. A rock. Yeah. And it's taking you to, to its its cinnamon nest to feed you to its babies. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Finally, at the very end, we've got that it closes, it fades out on the it's not the same, but it, it gives you that same reminiscent of that kind of discomforting feeling as it as it fades in. We've got kind of yeah. these these echoey strings and then Ian's flute going too too bending the note. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's it musically. I mean that's, what, that's, that's all what, we can talk about. There's so much more musically, I think. Without without coming into to risking our own health and well-being, that's all we can talk yes. about right now. <laughs> Speaking of risking our own health and well-being, shall we talk about the lyrics? Woof! Okay. Before we talk about the lyrics, please, Nick, please. I think we should talk about the term dark ages. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So I think that it is worth pointing out that there is a really big kind of schism between the usage of that phrase currently mm. between people in the popular culture milieu okay. and people in the academic world. Sure, sure. Okay. People in the academic world, medievalists, if you will, no longer seriously use the term dark ages to refer to the early and mid middle ages. Mm-hmm. Or the period after the fall of the Roman Empire, you know, between kind of 500 and, and 1080. There are some, you know, current usages of Dark Ages to refer to more specific times in history, like the the Byzantine Dark Ages or the... Um, oh, interesting. You know, the Dark Ages of this particular civilization at this particular time. But 
But Dark Ages as a blanket term to refer to the medieval period in Europe yeah. is not really like an academically approved of thing anymore. I think that died out pretty much in the early 90s. It feels like we were probably some of the last ones to learn about it in like high school social studies, you know, and that's that. Well, and it, it could be given given the um, <laughs> given the state of the American education system. It's entirely possible that they're still using the textbooks that we have. Fair enough. That's very true. But yeah. But in the popular culture, Dark Ages means, you know, a, a period of backwardness, of of technological simplicity, of ignorance. Yeah. And the term was actually, or the concept was actually introduced by Plutarch, the Tuscan mm. poet and philosopher and churchman who lived at the around the 1300s. Okay. And his his whole point was because before that, the narrative had always been, oh, you know, it was dark during the time of paganism ah. before Christianity and Christianity brought the light. Wow. OK, so it wasn't. So it wasn't pre enlightenment. Well, maybe it was pre enlightenment, but it wasn't the the enlightenment period that pulled them out of the darkness. Well, that's what Petrarch introduced the idea. Oh, okay. Previous to Petrarch, the idea had always been like, oh, yeah, well, we've saved the world with Christianity. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, it was all dark and ignorant and pagan, and then Christianity came along. Petrarch said, um, have you read the classics? Like, (laughs) these people had, like, civilization and thoughts, and here we are scratching around, you know, and kind of not in a super brilliant yeah, situation intellectually because if you look at like the publication of of books after you know in in the five hundred to one thousand AD it was like barely anything if you yeah. don't count the Byzantine Empire which I never count the Byzantine Empire I mean I consider them I just keep them off to the side you know just right. dip right. in if you're file. If, yeah yeah so anyway Petrarch basically said these are the Dark Ages. Because we have fallen from the golden age. Mm, yeah. And it was his exploration and his rediscovery of the letters of Cato, which started the seeds of what eventually did become the Enlightenment. Wow. Which pulled us out of the Dark Ages, quote unquote. So Petrarch was a, an advocate of we can do better. Petrarch was an advocate of we can do yeah. better. And he really turned around, you know, he laid the foundation for people like Boccaccio, whom he met, who wrote the 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 deck. Decameron, yeah. And influenced people who came after him, such as Dante Alighieri, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. Huh. All of that being said, Dark Ages refers to a period of ignorance and and social and economic collapse. As as a catch-all term, yeah. Yes. The fact that it's in the title notwithstanding, this song is so dark and heavy, like dark is a perfect adjective for this song. It fits so well in this album, but there's this, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking for something here, but I feel like there's this weird, this glimmer of hope in this song, in in Ian's voice as the narrator alone, everything else, everything he's singing about, the sound, everything is so, so dark and, and tumultuous, but he is, he's guiding us through. He's, he's like, he's like a will of the wisp leading us through this, this 
unnaturally fog-laden marsh to get to the other side. Ooh, I like that. And yeah. and there's there's anger in his voice. He's pissed, but he's going to help us get through. Well, I mean, I think that's like I I love that. I I I agree. And I I feel like I would say it's a defiance. Sure, yeah. Yeah. An 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 angry an angry defiance. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a comparison. I mean, I mean, you know, there are all these stories. I guess I'm thinking of the the story of Ivanhoe. Did you ever read that or see no. movie adaptations? No. Ivanhoe is a knight around like 1200 who, you know, the world is awful. <laughs> he's yeah. like, well, yeah. you know, he's trying to rescue people and do whatever knight stuff. And everything is just super bad. And, and there's, you know, racism and war, anti-Semitism and all this stuff. And he's trying and he's a, but he's, Ivanhoe is an no, honorable person. Mm. So it's like in the midst of all this chaos and darkness, he's trying to be true to his beliefs and to himself and trying to do good. Okay. And I kind of get that sense from Ian, not that he's like Ivanhoe specifically, but that he is, he's representing in his voice. It's, it's, it's what he doesn't say. It's, it's his actions. And just to further your point that there is that sense of everything's falling to, to heck, but yeah. Here I am singing and and being a dope and being a dope it's a symbol of life, even though that's not really in the lyrics. And let us talk about those lyrics. Let's talk about them here. So much, so much to go on here. Yeah, I think we should pick and choose. Yeah, just in general, we so so dark ages. We've we've covered what dark ages is. He's talking about he's he's using the seasons as an allegory here. Indeed. For what is just starting to happen, what is about to come. I mean, he's, he's talking about the long winter's fall. Are you ready for it? It's basically winter is coming before George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, long before. It, but he, he's also talking about the economic times of things slowing down. Of He's talking about environmental, not just the turning of the seasons, but the man-made effects. Are you yes. ready for this stuff? It's, here it comes. It is as it is as reliable as the turning of the seasons. But now, guess what? The turning of the seasons is not that reliable. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's almost you almost get a sense of the infrastructure is collapsing. The television dies because there's no electricity coming through the right. Waters. Yeah, yeah. There's something very poetic that I maybe I'm reading too much into this, but uh, is there time for another? Cries the drunkard in his sleep. Not likely, said the child. What's done, the Lord can keep. Is it time for another? Right, the drunkard is Not likely, said the little child. What's done, the Lord can keep. I. I almost feel like that is, you know, the old visualization of the old year and the new year where the old year is this kind oh, of old sure. person and the, and the new year is a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old days, in the days of the mummer shows, there would that would often sometimes be depicted as a stylized battle with the new year slaying the old year. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I almost feel like this is a version of that where the old year is so drunk and mm. and useless uh-huh that he's just asking for more booze in his sleep and the child is like you know what your time is over it is time for yeah. a new thing to happen and it might right. be terrible but it's necessary 
I was going to say, it's it's not necessarily, oh, hooray, a new year, a fresh start. Like, this could be that this year could be darker and worse than the last one. Oh, yeah. But but time is time is moving and, and change is happening. But there's a sense of of almost that these dark times are going to cleanse the earth of of the sins of all the the lady and the butler and the who do we have later on the slick tycoons and rich buffoons. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a, a note that I have in here. And, and I want to tie it back to to Ian's voice being kind of the, the, the light in the darkness and trying to, to save people, usher them through this darkness. There's there's this sense of of let's burn it all down and, and watch in glee as it falls apart around the ears of those who made it happen. Uh, the rich tycoons, yeah. the vicar, et cetera, et cetera. And then and then we will happily rebuild from those ashes. Yeah. Or if we survive, we will. If we, yeah, right, right. It, it, it also smacks of wandering again was a little post-apocalyptic yes, sure. feel. So yeah, there's, there's, we're, we're seeing these little bits and pieces that, that they're, they're ideas that Ian keeps coming back to over and over. And I think we saw that with, what's the next one? Oh, old, old aces die hard. Where it's yeah. pe- where we see it as pieces of this and this and this pulled in, but it's really just Ian Ian talking about what's really moving him, you know, and it and it moves him so much it has come out into in multiple songs. But at the same time, with this song, I feel that there is an implication of responsibility to the listener themselves and mm. even to the even to the singer. And in the haze consumer craze, do we take the sugar pill? Yeah, you know, it's not really it's. It's not saying, oh, you know, once the rich people fall down, we'll be able to have the revolution and everything will be fine. It's like, oh, yeah, the rich people are useless. And also we're useless. Yeah, because we have we have been molded by society to do this. And and what can we do? What can we do? That's a very medieval thought. You know, there was this perspective during the turn of the of the millennia when, you know, the economy was collapsing and the the. The bubonic plague was ravaging Europe. There was this sense of, well, we deserve this. This is God's punishment for us. Sure. For not being faithful or for being sinners. Yeah. The sins and the, you know, the sort of construction of it is different. It's, it's, you know, there's no God in this. Right. But, but we, we have, we have done it to ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's justice in a way. It's. Yeah. Karma in the sense that it is the result of, of our collective actions. Right. And and no one has done anything to or or in the past, no one did anything to curtail it. So this is this is it. This is what we get. Yeah. There are a couple things that I want to pull out. I want to I want to kind of walk us through the chorus. Sure, sure, sure. Dark ages shaking the dead. Closed pages better not read. Dull rages. They burn in your head. Yeah. What do you make of shaking the dead? Is that is that a reference to the current generation referring to them as dead? Mm. That that they are they they're as good as dead, but they are the ones being affected by this because the the ones actually in the ground they don't care. Dead man walking, yeah, 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 yeah. Or is it saying that? Yeah, I I like that interpretation. I'm trying to think if there's an alternate one. I was going to say, did you have something in mind? No, I was asking. I was asking you because I didn't. I I was struggling with that one a little bit. Closed pages better not read. I take that 
to mean, you know, this is a period of history. It's not even worth reading about because it's yeah. just depressing. It's almost like knowing about what's happening now will infect you. That's that's exactly it. Don't read about it. It's depressing. It's in the past anyway. But that also ties in perfectly with the phrase. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it here. If you don't learn about history, you, you're, you're forced to repeat, to repeat it. it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then dull rages, they burn in your head. I mean, I feel like... <sighs> you can rage and rail at at all of the injustice and everything falling apart around you, but I mean, in the end, it's just you're you're just screaming into the void, right? Yeah, yeah. Oof, it's a lot going on. There's a lot of anger in this song, but it's, but oh um, my gosh, it's so angry. It is it is the angriest and darkest song that we've heard to date, I think. But it's not angsty, which I like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different take on on this really powerful emotion from Ian, and I think that's what really makes it so effective. Is because it's there's there's such a driving force here. At the same time, there's no uh, there's no self deprecation. There's no uh, taking right. some of the blame in a way. Yeah, it's and, a, uh, and it's not emo. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're accustomed to that with Ian. And in no way am I complaining about that. I mean, that's one of the things that I really like about Ian as as a, a songwriter and I mean, I'm I'm a sappy emo at heart. But <laughs> but, but this song but seems this one like is a bit nice. of a breakthrough. Yeah, 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 it really does. It really does. And I can see, honestly, if we're thinking about everything that's going on with the band in terms of interpersonal relationships, John, et cetera, et cetera, and and what what happens after this where Ian's like, I'm going solo. I can see this being a cathartic process for him. Of, right, um, like he sees the world falling apart around him, not only the macro world of the oil industry and the economy and politics, but also his his inner circle. He sees sure. the fault lines there. He knows that it's all going to fall, fall apart. And what he fears is that there will be a, a dark age for him. Right, right. We 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 had it great, and we grew and and we prospered, and but we fell just like we're f- but we're falling just like the Roman Empire. You know, it's it's this this maybe this is an inev- an inevitability, and by golly, I'm pretty mad about that. <sighs> yeah, this is a good song. There's so many little references. I love the reference to the vicar. Mm. You know, it seems to be setting setting the vicar up. You know, typically in English society, the vicar is is to be respected and kind of a, a pillar sure. of society, even even if you're not religious. But here we have the vicar as this completely ineffective figure, where you know who doesn't have the power to do anything because yeah, he, as a symbol or as a as an individual. His power mm-hmm. comes from society and and the institutions, and that's is all right. falling apart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, I it it makes me think about your reference to the to the plague mm. when people thought that they were being punished or that God abandoned them. If if there is no God, you're just a dude with a white collar. Exactly. Like, why should I listen to you if if this is what? your God, if this is the guy that you pledged your, your life to, to spreading his word, if this is what he did for us, what, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, you know, Ian has never been a huge fan of religion. I do like the line about, 
and try the trick with loaves and fishes shared, you know, that what is regarded in the Bible and in the teachings of the church as a miracle, Ian is referring to as a trick, a trick to get people to believe. But now we're seeing, now the cracks in society are so profound that there's nothing, all the tricks are falling apart, and so there's nothing to convince people to believe. To finish that couplet, it goes back to to tying in with the vicar being powerless, and the vicar shouts as the lights go out, and no one really cares. Yeah. Then try the trick with loaves and fishes shared. And the vicar shouts as the lights go out, and no one really cares. Because if it's if it's doomsday, if it's end of the world, let's let's go kiss that girl at the grocery store that we've had our eyes on for the last last year. Or or let's go and try a breadfruit at the grocery store. I've, you know, I've been waiting to try breadfruit. I think now is the time. It's now or never. But what if that's the last thing that you eat and you don't like it, Omen? Well, then you have some goldfish in your pocket as a backup. Okay. Thank God. I never, never leave home without him. So Nick, here's, here's what I want to ask you. Yes. Ask away. Is this song... How how relevant does this song feel right now? Oh gosh, I it it didn't until we we talked about it. Even though I got a lot out of it and taking my notes and listening to it a couple of times before before we started recording, it it really didn't hit home until like we we kind of combined our powers to make it ultra depressing. <laughs> With our powers combined, it's pretty poignant. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty potent and pretty poignant. And I'm a pretty pony. And I, <laughs> so I mean, much it's, pee. it's it's dark. It's really, really dark. Here's and a- in in a way I really like it for that. Yeah. But it, and on the other side of that coin, it's like woof. It's it's heavy. Well, I thought that you were gonna answer thusly, and here I want to offer the the antidote which is probably the first time I've ever said that word on purpose to your feelings, (laughs) which is to point out that as the dark ages that Petrarch identified came to an end. Uh And as the dark ages that Ian was going into personally and was observing in the world around him to a certain extent resolved themselves now that we are in another period that we can perceive as dark ages, it is perhaps within our ability to hope or to trust that there will be a, an upswing on the other side and we will come newly into another enlightenment any day now. I will, uh, I will come nudely into another enlightenment. Well, that's the only way to do it. The next enlightenment will finally expose the tyranny of clothing. It's just a device of the man to hold you down. Yeah. And that that man is Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> and Him Levi. specifically? Levi, Levi Strauss and Tommy Hilfiger. Yep. Wow. Yeah. We hate skin. We don't want to see it. Ugh, disgusting. Here's <laughs> your chastity jeans. I mean, denim is, is very conducive to chastity. Is Is it? I mean, it's it's rough and it's it's stiff yeah, and sexy. And, yeah, I knew I knew that's where that was going. Rough and... 
Omen, what are we doing next week? The the end of the album. Oh, on the podcast, what are we doing? Sure. What do you want to do next week? Just in general. Do you have plans? <laughs> um, no, I don't have any plans. We are actually doing a double up because we've got two instrumentals on this album. I think I know what one of them is. What? Which one is that? Elegy. Elegy. That is the final track off of side B. But we're also covering the final track off of side A, which is Warm Sporin. Oh, Warm Sporin, yes. Yeah. Or Sporan, we don't know. Sporan. I think it's Sporin, isn't it? Sporin? Doesn't he say Sporin? I think I've heard Sporin before. Let's Maybe go I with haven't. Sporin. We got, we got a couple of notes in the Discord today about our, our pronunciation of Romani from Commercial Traveler. <laughs> I think it was. I think Doc that's Savage. one of those words that's not an English word, and so there's no yeah. necessarily correct way to pronounce it in English. I think in in the UK they pronounce it Romany. 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 Rom- yeah, one of those. I had some. I had some Romany for lunch. Delicious little yeah, little uh, hot water, hard boiled egg. Go. Yeah, great, great. And then and then after next week, surprise, surprise, we've got that starts three weeks of Christmas tracks because we're already into December. Oh my goodness. That's right. Nick, you know what I would like for Christmas? What would you like for Christmas? I'm going to put it on my list. It's a little early in terms of recording, but I'll put it on the list. Omen, what do you want? I'd like for all of our listeners to go to patreon.com and find Talk Tall to Me and become Patreon members. Much like Plutarch could not have functioned without his patrons, neither can we. That was good. The road to enlightenment is paved in five stars. So please enlighten us to your opinion on Talk Tall to Me. Go to your podcatcher of choice and rate and review us. That is how we know how you feel about us. That's also how other people know about the show and how much you love it. So let them know, please. You can spread the knowledge of Talk Tall to Me in these dark times. Let us be that sweet, angry voice at the end of the marshy fen leading you through the fog. As Dante wrote in the Divine Comedy, the hope of ultimate salvation is never lost as long as we can see the stars. The five stars, that is, that you can rate us with. As long as we can listen to Talk Tall to Me. That's right. Until next week, I am the lady in the parlor, Nick McGill. I am the TV that just went out, Omen Said. We are ready for the long winter's fall, feckless momes. And this is the trick with loaves and fishes, Talk Tall to Me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we've been trapped up here for six weeks. I'm starting to lose my mind. I am, I'm definitely overeating beans. I wish that we had gotten other cans of food. Should we go to town? Should we go to town? I, I don't know. I mean, it seems to have died down. I mean, no pun intended. It seems Uh. to have died down down there. You know, that was, it was a little too soon. We should just wait until we get a pigeon saying the plague is over. 
Yeah, and then can we eat the pigeon? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, oh. absolutely. Squab and pinto beans. Yeah. Delicious. Okay. Okay. Delicious. I, I have something to pass the time. Okay. Right. Thank God I'm bored and I'm hungry. Go on. Once go upon on. a time, uh-huh. there was a nun. Uh-huh. And she was so horny all the time. Naturally. That they sent her to a different convent. Uh-huh. Um, but she just was so horny. Uh-huh. And... And then I was that nut. Nice. Good twist. An M, an M. Night Shyamalan twist right there. It was good. Yeah, I, good. I, I, that. I was the nun all along. That was the... I wasn't Okay, I'm not a very good storyteller. Your turn. You go. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So once upon a time, there was oh a God, guy and he broke his leg. So he was like housebound. Whoa. So to, to keep him entertained, his wife got him a telescope. So he could like look out at the town, oh look my at gosh. the stars, and he and, saw, and he saw someone a super horny nun. He saw a super horny nun, and I was that man with the telescope. <laughs> so that was you. That explains so much. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I have, I have. I probably shouldn't even tell you this. I have a really dirty story. I am. I mean, it's been a while, so okay. I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm ready right, for okay. this. All right. So, like seven years ago, uh-huh. I was in a Russian bathhouse. Okay, go and on. And all the lights went out, and there oh was my a, goodness. A, an accident with the massage oil at the same time. So everyone was just groping around in the dark, covered in massage oil, and all of a sudden, this huge Greek guy grabs me, he whispers into my ear, he holds me tight, and I can feel his beard on my cheek, and he said... Doc Tolton is a proud member of the Feckless Mom's Audio Network. That accent was... 